And welcome to episode 107 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. Zion goes off, but LeBron James makes another statement. He's making a run at that MVP award. And then will the Olympics be canceled due to the coronavirus? All that much more here on episode 107 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. And then be sure to head over to YouTube and give me all your takes right down below in the comments section. I want all your takes right down below in the comments section. Got one from Malone Money Mindset who says, another spot on take. It's really nobody but LeBron's business, and he's dealing with a lot right now in reference to LeBron and whether or not he was attending Kobe Bryant's memorial service. And then Brian Mack says, Well said, Doug. My hero for the week. Haters are good problem to have. They don't hate the good ones. They hate the great ones. Shout out, Brian Max. You're my hero of the week. We've got lots to get into. A jam-packed show for you guys. So let's get right into it. It's showtime. Are you ready? Let's get it on. And for the first time in his NBA career, Zion Williamson, the future face of the NBA, took on the current face of the NBA, Mount Zion versus the King, and the King reigned again last night. LeBron James, 48 and 6, and one Red Vine. 18 and 0, and he scores. 30 or more. Yeah, well, you know, and it's too at that stage of his career where it really doesn't have to score like that until necessary because you have the likes of an Anthony Davis that can pick up. Hey, LeBron James can eat whatever he wants as long as he's eating on the court. And last night, LeBron was feasting 40 points on 62% shooting, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and now the Lakers are 18-0 in games where LeBron has 30 points or more. So when LeBron puts up big numbers, Lakers are winning games, and also LeBron James joins Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Elgin Baylor, and Kobe Bryant as the only Lakers with a 40-point game after turning 35. So LeBron James, what he's doing at this age, with all this mileage, he's nearing 60,000 total minutes when you combine playoffs and regular season. Season. For him to be playing like this, is he ever going to fall off? LeBron James, he was supposed to fall off last year, the year before that, at least this year, right? But nope, LBJ continues to put up MVP numbers. This year, he's averaging 25.5 points per game, 7.7 rebounds, leads the league in assists at 10.6, and he's top 10 in PER. He's ninth in the NBA at 25.64. And LeBron James has been doing this for a long, long time. How long? Zion Williamson was three years old when LeBron was drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers first overall back in 2003. Let that sink in. Zion was three when LeBron was drafted, and Zion balled out again last night. 29 points on 8 of 18 shooting on the year. Zion, 19 years old. He's averaging 23.3 points per game, 7.1 boards, 2.3 assists, a 25-5 PER, and LeBron talked about Matt Zion after the game. Uh, the kid's special. I mean, we all know that. And, uh, and every game is going to be another opportunity for him to get better and a learning experience for him. But in today's game, where it's, it's, a track, it's a track race, it's a fast pace, it's high tempo, it fits his game perfectly. And the way that they play, it fits his game perfectly because they get the ball out. First eight seconds, they're trying to score and score and score. So, uh, but the kid is special, man. And, uh, you know, they got a good one in them. Thank you, Ron. And then Zion Williamson had this to say about LBJ. He's an incredible player. Like, I don't know what y'all are understanding about that. Uh, <laughs> he's an incredible player. Uh, 
I mean, he handled business. He came out here and he did what he had to do to get, help his team get the win. So now got the best of the future in last night's game, and the Lakers now improve to 44-12 and on the season. They're five games ahead of the Nuggets, who are in the second spot, and the Pelicans, they're in the 10th spot right now, 25-33, and still within striking distance, still making a run at that eighth seed, and if they do get that eighth seed, these two teams, the Pelicans and the Lakers, they're very close. Since January 22nd, when Zion Williamson made his debut, the Pelicans are eighth in the NBA in offensive efficiency. In that same time span, the Lakers are 10th in the league in offensive efficiency. Defensive efficiency, Pelicans are 9th. Lakers in that time span, they're 6th. Overall net efficiency, the Pelicans are 7th and the Lakers are 6th. So don't sleep on this Pelicans team because if they make it to that 8th slot, it'd be like the Lakers playing a 4 seed or a 5 seed based on the win total they would have had had Zion been healthy the entire season. But last night, both Zion and LeBron, they both strengthened their case for some individual awards. LeBron for MVP and Zion Williamson for Rookie of the Year. Zion Williamson, his last 10 games, he's averaging 25.7 points per game, 6.6 rebounds, 2.7 assists on 55% shooting. John Moran, he's in pole position. He's the front runner right now to win the Rookie of the Year. He's averaging 18.1 points per game, 5.4 assists on 50 51% shooting. So those are great numbers, but Zion's are better. Zion Williamson is a better player than John Morant right now. So to me, he's the rookie of the year, especially if they catch them for the eight spot. So to me, if the Pelicans catch the Grizzlies for that eight spot, it's a no-brainer. You got to give it to Zion Williamson. The next question is, has LeBron James caught Giannis Antetokounmpo for league MVP honors? Well, how about we just ask Ric Flair? I'm the greatest athlete in the world <laughs> Woo! Nah, LeBron James, I think if he was a wrestler, he'd be The Undertaker. Because The Undertaker, right when you think he's done, right when you think his career is over, he comes back and he hits you with a tombstone pile driver, okay? I think LeBron James, he's making his MVP case in his last four games. LeBron James averaging over 34 points a game on 54% shooting, 10 and a half assists per game, and then he just hit that big shot against the Boston Celtics, that fadeaway jumper. LeBron James, he's doing it all for the Los Angeles Lakers. When he's on the court, LeBron scores or assists on 61% of possession. So LeBron is doing it all for the Los Angeles Lakers, has them as the top seed in the Western Conference, but Giannis Antetokounmpo is at another level. I think we're starting to take the Greek freak for granted. Giannis Antetokounmpo, if you look at him his last eight games, he's averaging 30.4 points per game, 17.4 rebounds, 7.1 assists while shooting 54% from the field. LeBron James, yes, he's having a great year, but Giannis is having a better year. There's no question about it. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the NBA. And also, Giannis, who's his second best player? Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe. LeBron's second best player is Anthony Davis, another top three to five player. So right now, I still have Giannis as the NBA MVP. He's going to win the Maurice Podolov trophy. But hey, LeBron James, James, if he can get the Lakers, if the Los Angeles Lakers can finish with a better record than the Bucks, then maybe we
we give the MVP to LeBron, I don't see that happening. Remember, the Bucs, they set the record as the earliest time a team has clinched the playoffs by doing so on February 23rd. On February 23rd, months before the season ends, the Bucs have clinched a playoff spot. So I still think right now Giannis is the MVP, but LeBron, a tremendous, phenomenal season. And hey, I still think it's possible if the Lakers go on a run and they pass the Bucs, then we'll talk about it. But until then, Giannis is still the MVP. Houston Astros third baseman Alex Bregman, who in high school won Major League Baseball player that you would most want to see get hit by a pitch, Bruh. got hit by a pitch today. He becomes the seventh Houston Astro to get Bean this spring training, and it came with two outs in the bottom of the fifth. Pitcher Ramon Santos hung a little breaking ball that hit Alex Bregman. Driven in three of the four runs today. Oh, breaking ball. Yeah, that's an off-speed pitch that got away. Catch that left shoulder blade. It's obviously going to cause a stir. There's a stir. On a breaking ball that hits Bregman. <laughs> Cement mixers are good. And now the first thing I want to say is I do not want to see any of these pitchers hitting the Houston Astros with breaking balls. You got to bring the heat. You got to bring got those it. fastballs, triple digits and up when it comes to hitting these Houston Astros. Look, the over-unders were at 83 and a half for how many times the Astros were going to get hit by a pitch this year. And we're already at seven. And yes, Altuve was grazed. Yes, this was a breaking ball. But hey, this is just the beginning for the Houston Astros. Every stadium they go to, they're going to be met with a chorus of boos. Only time they're going to be cheers is when they do get hit by a pitch or when they strike out. And I think it's very fitting that Alex Bregman, he gets bean because Alex Bregman, he said it himself. He's a big fan of the unwritten rules of baseball. I like the way that the game has always policed itself. Um, I think that if you do some stupid stuff on the field, you, either you or one of your one of your teammates is going to get hit for how you were acting. And I kind of like that. I kind of like how that, that those rules. So, wow, for once, I actually agree with Alex Bregman. Baseball does police itself. Baseball should police itself. Hey, maybe every major league team should show up in Houston and all go take that World Series trophy away from the 2017 Astros. Maybe they should go and rip those World Series rings off your fingers. Maybe that's what we should do next. The over-under is set at 83.5. That's how many times they're projected to get hit by a pitch this season. The all-time record was set back in eight. 1898 for the National League. The Baltimore Orioles, they were in the National League back then. They got hit 148 times. In the American League, the record was set by the 2008 Cleveland Indians. They were being 103 times. Man, I want to know what the Baltimore Orioles did to anyone. They were hit by 148 pitches back in 1898. Look, this year's Orioles, they'll be lucky if they get 148 hits. Now, if you're the Houston Astros, you have to get used to this because you're going to be getting hit hit by pitches all season long. This year's Houston Astros, they're going to get hit by more pitches than the Shark Tank judges. I don't beg or grovel. I'm a shark. Now, of course, I don't condone violence, and I don't want to see any of the Houston Astros players get hurt. 
badly. But I really think that if there's one guy that should get a free pass, one guy that should go high and tight on the Houston Astros, it is Clayton Kershaw. If Clayton Kershaw makes it to the All-Star game this year, it's at Dodger Stadium. And let's say he's facing Alex Bregman or Jose Altuve, George Springer, any of the Houston Astros that use the cheating tactics that stole the 2017 World Series, Clayton Kershaw should get a free pass. Clayton Kershaw should go high and tight and throw him some chin music against Alex Bregman or Jose Altuve or any of the Houston Astros that cheated to win the 2017 World Series because Clayton Kershaw, look how he pitched in Game 1. Game 1, 11 strikeouts, no walks. First pitcher to do that since Don Newcomb in the World Series. Then Game 7, he pitched four innings in relief of Udar Darvish, he was phenomenal. And then there was Game 5. In Game 5, Kershaw was flawless through three, and then the fourth inning happened, and Tom Verducci, in his latest report in Sports Illustrated, he reports that Clayton Kershaw threw 51 sliders and curveballs and got zero swings and misses. Let me repeat that. 51 sliders, 51 curveballs combined, and a combined zero swings and misses by the Houston Astros. Here's Tom Verducci talking about Clayton Kershaw and the 2017 World Series. Now looking back with the knowledge we have that, in fact, the Astros were using a sign-stealing scheme in the postseason. Boy, deep in its soul, that's got to hurt to know that that game was not played on a level playing field. And it's interesting, when I went back and looked at this game, and again, you're looking at it in hindsight with more knowledge we have now than we had then. Kershaw threw 51 sliders and curveballs that day and got zero swings and misses on them. Mm -hmm. I mean, that alone will make you start thinking that something. Zero swings and misses. Look, Clayton Kershaw, they're lucky he's a nice guy. They're lucky that Clayton Kershaw is one of, if not the classiest professional athlete in the history of the game. Clayton Kershaw is class personified, and if he wasn't, he'd be coming out swinging. He'd be going onto the highest mountaintop and yelling, hey, I should be riding off into the sunset as one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball history. I should have a World Series MVP in my trophy case I should have a World Series ring but instead it was not to be Clayton Kershaw the Dodgers they're stacked this year if there is any justice Clayton Kershaw will get back to the World Series this year they'll win it he'll have a great game a couple great outings and this whole narrative will be put to bed for good and so the Houston Astros they didn't just steal the 2017 World Series they stole the legacy of one of the best pitchers in baseball history A scary moment in the NHL's developmental league. A fight broke out between the Hershey Bears' Kale Kessie and the Charlotte Checkers' Derek Shepard. So Derek Shepard, Kale Kessie, they get into it, and it goes a little too far. Check this out. Play the clip. And Helvig, who has made routine saves in this one, we're going to have a fight at center. Hang on a second here. Shepard and Kessie are going to go. And Kale Kessie can throw him. Heavyweight enforcer against Shepard, who stands at 6-0-2-15. Kale Kessie, 6-3-2-12. They will wait, grab on, and here comes Kessie up over the top of the right. Another haymaker there, and then Shepard caught him with one and took Kessie down, and he is out. And they are yeah. waving the trainer out. Hershey team officials said just minutes after the fight, that Kale lost but regained consciousness on the ice. He is alert and in stable condition. 
Bears coach Spencer Carberry said after the game, Kessie was doing better, but said doctors were keeping his player in the hospital overnight for further evaluation. Kessler is considered a team enforcer for Hershey. Reportedly, the fight Tuesday was his sixth of the season. For Shepard, meanwhile, it was reportedly his fifth fight of the year. As for the game, Kessie's Bears ended up finishing the checkers 6-1 to after a lengthy post-fight delay. So there was a big delay after the fight. And if you see this fight, hey, it's your standard hockey fight. Gloves are thrown off. Guys are sizing each other up. You got Shepard. You got Kessie. You got a couple nice left jabs in here by Shepard. Shepard gets some left jabs in, grabs the jersey right there, and then Kessie throws some shots. A lot of love taps, couple shots, and boom! He knocks him out, and he's like, it's a wrap. He's seeing stars. We need some help. And Shepard knew right away they had knocked him out. And, hey, I think what you're seeing right here is a very rare outcome. Look, I know everyone's going to say you got to stop fighting in hockey, and I'd be for that. I wouldn't be totally opposed to that because one of these days, something very bad and ugly is going to happen. But, hey, that is the nature of hockey. Hockey purists, they see this as a part of their game. But, really, hey, leave the helmets on. Give these guys some gloves. Last thing you want is a major injury here. Gladly he's going to be okay, but I would be all for showing some regulations, throwing some regulations in hockey fights. You can't have this. And, hey, look, at the NBA, if this happened in the NBA, Ron Artest, you see fights like that, guys fighting each other. This would be a major story in the NBA. For some reason, the NHL gets away with it, and I think really the sport should consider cleaning up its game. Yes, this doesn't happen every day, but at some point, something very bad's going to happen, and they're going to regret it. And hey, the reason I turn to hockey is to watch power plays and not power punches. But before we wrap, I'm going to hit you with the Get More Sports Fact of the Day. Which team scored the most goals in one game in NHL history? The answer, the Montreal Canadiens. The Canadiens set the NHL record when they scored 16 goals in a game back in 1920. No NHL team has equaled that in all the years since. The Montreal Canadiens also have won the most Stanley Cups at 24. 24 Stanley Cups for the Montreal Canadiens. But that is going to do it for episode 107 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. And then be sure to head over to YouTube and give me all your takes right down below in the comment section. All your takes. I want them. I want to read them off on the next episode of the Get More Sports Podcast. Have a great rest of your day. See you guys Friday. And I'm out.